Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, howdy, friends. And I just want to point out, I know it sounds like I'm somewhere different than I normally am. Uh, it's because I am, and it's like stupid hot here in SoCal, and it's this ridiculous heat wave, so I've retreated to the only room in the house with air conditioning, because um, it's a mobile air conditioning unit, and, and I just, I need it to, fu- to function to be able to record for you guys, so I'm not like passing out midstream, but welcome to Nixner News. As always, I'm your host, Nick. Uh, if you guys can, you know... Like and subscribe on 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 all your preferred places of, of, of listening to Nick's Nerd News. But, you know, that's just the world we live in right now. And I'm I'm your constant. I'm your constant while while things are bleak and there's gloom and we're on March like eight hundred at this point. What what's the joke? We're on uh March 145th, 148th, I, I don't know, I don't even know. I've literally put off recording for as long as possible because of how hot it is. And it, it's just, it, it's asinine. <laughs> you know, granted other places of, of the world get way hotter than here, but this is just not not normal for us. And we're like experiencing like ridiculous levels of, of humidity that aren't normal for San Diego. But hopefully not not too much to spend time on today and we'll be able to get through most of the topics so i don't uh i just can retreat into a cold cold place for the <laughs> for the rest of the day anyway let's get into the thick of it huh folks and you know some people might accuse me of bias well you know what i just report how things come off how the community might see it online i just want to point out i am planning on getting both consoles i am in no way shape or form going to say fuck the other console no that's not true i want to play both i can't wait to experience things on both um now when it comes to anti-apple bias you know that's a little different (laughs) that's a little little different but anyway let's let's get into what's going on here so the new xbox controller has leaked uh via packaging and it's out in the wild now because people have gotten their hands on it from stores because stores have apparently gotten their hands on some early early versions of it and on that packaging it pretty much said uh for use with xbox one x xbox one and xbox series s yes the series s is officially officially confirmed uh, we got a new look at the controller. It's a little smaller than the current Xbox One. Uh, there isn't as much of a bezel uh, up by the Xbox Jewel button as there was previously. Of course, we all know about the new Share button. And then they have decided to go with the new style D-pad that was um, that was announced. Uh, that that's on the the Elite controllers. Um, but this is all per Tom Warren. And 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 like I said, if you look at the 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 box. 
it says Xbox Series X and uh, slash S. So we know Xbox Series S is officially confirmed. Well, unofficially confirmed. Um, but it also was released in a box that says do not open until November 6th, which either confirms that the Xbox One X and One S release the week of November 6th or the following week, who knows. Uh, Microsoft did follow up with a tweet a couple days later, essentially confirming that the the new consoles will launch in November, so now we lose the holiday date and go straight to November, which technically is still holiday. However, we still don't have an official release date, but if if the, the box of the box of controllers is anything to go by, more than likely on or around November 6th or 7th, as those are Thursday and Friday, and if not, possibly the 13th, which is the following Friday. But there is some major gaming news that we'll get to a little bit later that might hinder how you feel about those dates. But again, we'll we'll touch on that on a little in a little bit, in a little bit. Um, anyway, how about this? You, you guys remember how a couple years ago, you know, mobile games were were starting to get big, and uh, Candy Crush, of course, was the biggest, and you know, uh. They had to implement new rules on apps and stuff for to allow to make sure kids wouldn't just drop like a shit ton of money on these apps and just like make parents broke. Well, you know, those things don't exist on Twitch. And it turns out that a young teenage boy over the the span of 17 days spent nineteen thousand eight hundred and seventy dollars on twitch donations and he did it on his mother's credit card of all places i i just i am just in total total shock uh this is per dot esports um this woman's savings was practically wiped out i don't know who this kid is that he thinks he can just spend that kinds that kind of money and a teenager no less I can, I can understand, like, a little kid not knowing money and how it works, like, under 10. But, like, a teenager? That dude knows how money works or should at least have an idea. Like, it, 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 it's 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 insane. He he spent it on streamers. Gorb, Ewok TV, Atlanta Falcons quarterback Kurt Benkert, and the Miami Heat's Myers Leonard, who's who are all streamers. And she said that she had a tough time getting in touch with Twitch, which little frustrating there. She said, hitting a brick wall, quote. And she said, quote, most frustrating thing of all was that she had a hard time getting in touch with Twitch. Uh, no one responded. No way to get in touch with anyone. Apparently, they don't have a, a call center, which I don't think doesn't make sense, or at least a chat team. And she ended up filling out online help. She even sent an email to the CEO of Twitch and Amazon's legal team. No one responded. Who's dropping the ball up there? Like, I work in tech support. Like, people email the CEO all the time, and that shit gets filtered down to someone. Trust me. Like, I know for a fact that people email CEOs of companies, and that shit gets handled in some way, shape, or form. And... I guess she ended up reaching out to the company, the paying service that's partnered with Twitch, and they were able to get a refund. 
Uh, the kid's account has been permanently blocked <laughs> to make sure that he doesn't do any more unauthorized charges. And, like, this kid has to go to counseling now. Must have to go to counseling. Yo, parents, teach your kids to, like, not be frivolous like that. Or not frivolous, at least, like, have an understanding. Like, you can't touch mom and dad's, like, credit cards or money. Like, first off, I hope this mother didn't just hand the kid a card and just say, here you go. And uh, also, I hope, like, it, this, this is asinine, first off. And I, I hope, I hope that your your credit cards and shit isn't just, like, available for kids to just take without permission as well, you know? So what I'm going to say is, like, when I was 14, I went on a trip to Europe, like, that uh, was like a uh, like a student ambassador program, and my parents got me my first like debit card. It was like a preload debit card that they could put money on and stuff, and they sent me away. And I was had enough money to do some things. And granted, I usually I tried to watch it. Smartphones weren't a thing, so I couldn't keep like a, a tab on it at all times. And I was in Europe. I ended up buying something that like overdrafted, and like spent more than I realized because obviously Euro exchange rate. But still, like, I had somewhat of an idea on what I could spend and what I couldn't spend. And I luckily, I didn't go way overdraft. Like, there was enough money still left over. I was just out of money in general. But, like, that was a good lesson for me at 14. Luckily, though, I didn't drop 20 grand on donations to people on the internet. And, and, and it's just like... You know, you know, in the back of your mind as a parent, you have to, right? I'm not a parent, so I don't know. But, like, somewhere in the back of your head is like, I hope my kids don't have access to my credit cards so they can just drop money on shit. Like, even even if your kids have access to, like, an, a tablet with, with, like, Amazon and stuff, it's like, you don't let them just click around and buy shit. So how did he get A, get access to her credit card? B, how did she not know like the first couple donations over, you know, a 17 day span? Like, was he doing small amounts? But he, it, it, granted, he had to be doing like $1,000 a day if you hit 19 grand over 17 days. How do you not notice that shit? Like I get an email whenever I spend over a certain amount. I've set up those alerts. So either A, this woman just spends outrageous amounts of money, and I'm not trying to blame her, or this family does, and and they don't notice charges like that, or their bank doesn't question why they're just dropping thousands of dollars a day, or B, this kid knows how to got, get into like his mom's email and alerts and made sure that like she wasn't going to see his charges, so... I, I, I don't understand. Because if it's savings, that kid had to transfer that money. So he had to know what he was doing to do that. But, like, this is a message to parents out there. Just, like, watch your kids and make sure they don't have access to your money like that. So you don't end up like this poor woman and then have to spend, like, weeks trying to get a hold of somebody to recuperate thousands upon thousands of dollars.
But like I said, just just know what your kids are doing, right? They they always say that. And uh, you know, following up after last week and that whole Spider-Man debacle on Marvel's Avengers, you know, Crystal Dynamics ups and does it again. This time, giving exclusive skins and intel, or excuse me, uh, exclusive skins and even private beta access to Verizon and Intel customers, like. And Virgin Media, of all things, like, I, you get a red, white, red and white colorway for Verizon in the U.S. and Virgin in the U.K., since they both are, like, red and white color schemes. Then, you know, I, I guess Intel is going to have special skins for Thor and Iron Man um, for their new processors. Uh, this is per computer base. Like, and, and, and the Virgin stuff was from Reddit user Smooth4254, like, a lot of exclusive stuff coming out of this game, and I don't know if they're trying to do this to bring up more hype, because, like, it does not look good overall, and I just, I'm a little concerned, though, about this game still, as should other people, because it still doesn't look that fun to play, but, like, I... I don't know, man. I just don't know. I I still have it pre-ordered, but like, I haven't had a chance to really dive into the beta, and I think there's one more this weekend. I just, I don't know. I may cancel my pre-order on this game. I haven't decided yet, but anyway. Uh, if you guys are users of Twitch Prime with Amazon and Twitch, uh, you may have noticed a change as they have completely rebranded to Prime Gaming. And Amazon confirmed that this will be free for all Amazon Prime members. Uh, you get free benefits like in-game content, free games, and a monthly channel subscription. Oh. Oh, I'm going to take advantage of this. Uh, they're also promising exclusive content for titles like GTA Online, Red Dead Online, Apex Legends, FIFA 20, League of Legends, and more. You can claim free monthly PC games you can keep forever. A little different than PSN Plus and Xbox Live Games of Gold. And this is big news for fans of that. So it's a nice big service for PC players, that's for sure. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, next thing that we got going on, Bioshock 4. Uh, you know, I've, I've never personally played the Bioshock games. I know a lot of people like them. I know a lot of people enjoy them. Um, but like I said, I, I have never actually played them. I've just watched. They look fun. I don't know what it was. They just never hooked me like some other series do. Uh, but if, if job postings are to be believed, it looks like they're going to be using Unreal Engine 4. And it's possible that we may be going to a new location. Uh, they, they hinted about something about new and exciting worlds or something in the job posting. So it doesn't look like we'll be returning to Rapture or uh, Columbia. Is that Columbia? Columbia anytime soon. If you guys are big fans of Rainbow Six, I know a lot of Xbox gamers are and other gamers in general just because strong history on the platform. Well, uh, Ubisoft continues to tease us and it looks like Sam Fisher 
is headed to Rainbow Six Siege as a new operator in the game. So, no new Splinter Cell, um, but he's just appearing in another Ubisoft title, as is part of the course lately. Like, like you have to be wondering if this is all just a major, major tease for a next-gen Splinter Cell. I, I, at least a lot of people are hoping. I mean, the stealth game has, has practically vanished as a genre. The last real stealth game was, was, was Metal Gear Solid Five, And even then, even then, it was stealth. Like, it was half stealth because you could just go around and fuck around and play however you wanted. So it's like the stealth genre just doesn't really exist anymore in the same way it used to. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people would like it if, if it did. But if you guys are waiting to upgrade to next gen because of your large back catalog on current gen, we'll have no fear. Another current gen game will be getting a free upgrade. However, you must own the collector's uh, edition or the ultimate edition, excuse me. So if you own Control right now and you plan on upgrading in the fall and you know with with new DLC and everything coming out, well, uh, if you want to get that free upgrade to that sweet next gen version, you unfortunately will have to have the ultimate edition of the game, which really shitty move, Remedy. You want more people to play it. And granted, I guess you want more people to buy the Ultimate Edition, but it's like, what about the people that bought the regular? Like, you're kind of just leaving them in the dust. So it is unfortunate, and I, I get it. I get the idea behind it, but a lot of the community is a little fractured over it. Granted, people who haven't picked up the game but are going to get the Ultimate Edition are like, oh, hell yeah, bruh. But it's like, kind of sucks, man. Like, because I have the regular version, and I don't know. I'll have to figure out a way to to get that next gen upgrade i'll just pop the game in honestly and it'll just look better regardless i don't care <laughs> i mean i care i care a lot because remedy games are are gorgeous to look at but it's a sacrifice i'm willing to make first world problems <laughs> um if you guys are big fans of shroud he is going back to twitch after taking a month-long hiatus from pretty much all social media after the closure of mixer where he had left Twitch uh, to sign a deal with them. Uh, he will be returning to his original home. So if you guys are big Shroud fans, uh, he's finally back. For those of you that, that like uh, watching Shroud. And uh, how about this? The company behind... So THQ Nordic, who's just been gobbling up studios left and right. Uh, their holding company has now purchased... Uh, their holding company called Embracer Group has purchased the developer behind the Metro games, the Metro series, and have announced that they will be making another new title in the Metro series, as long as a new, uh, excuse me, along with a new AAA IP. Metro's a good studio to get behind. They make a lot of good games. I know people love the Metro series. Uh, I tried playing it. I just, I got the, the, like, the dual pack remastered or whatever it was. And it just, they're hard, for one. And I i just, I don't know if they're for me. I, I gotta, like, really, really sit down and, and give it a real shot. Because other times I've just kind of done it in passing and with other people and other distractions around. So it's its definitely something that I, I would give a lot more credence to if 
if I sat down like for real with it. But uh, good to see them getting more more stuff to work on. Also, good news for Sony fans: um, the studio heads behind uh, Insomniac have confirmed to Entertainment Weekly, of all things, that Miles Morales will get a full like arc, uh, if you will, in his Miles Morales Spider-Man Miles Morales game that's coming out on PS5. Uh, a lot of people were worried, mainly because it's just kind of being billed as like an expansion on the PS4 game, and that they're hinting that a real Spider-Man 2 is coming in the future, and that it just there, there's been things that have been said. They've had to clarify a little too much for this game, and and it just a lot of things just don't make any sense with with why they're doing it this way, and. I get it that it's going to be their like big flagship launch title, but if you're going to have like a big flagship launch title, it should be, it should be a big game. It should be one of your tentpole franchises, and we're going to talk about frustrations related to that in in just a few minutes. But you know, it, it it's just it's something that will sway people, right? But Sometimes, though, what what is the community and other features might sway people too. And again, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. I, I think you guys probably know what I'm talking about, though. Uh, anyway, um, a lot of people love uh, the Scott Pilgrim versus the World game, and uh, if if you're big fans of Scott Pilgrim, it just had its 10th anniversary. The film did. And the, the comic series is beloved by manga, manga, excuse me, series is beloved by many, many people around the world. And there was a game that was released around the time the movie came out. And, and of course, the game focused more, uh, game focused more closely to the, the book storyline as the movie came out before the, the manga had finished. And uh, Ubisoft had, had, you know, delisted the game quite a while ago. But there's been a lot of hype regarding the like the 10th anniversary of the movie and the game and all this stuff. And now creator Brian Lee O'Malley has teased that there's been conversations. And uh, he tweeted, P.S. Ubisoft has reached out to me. And uh, Ubisoft had also tweeted out some things. Uh, so there was an Academy. The Academy held a rewatch of the, of the movie, which is a great movie, by the way. If you've never seen it, you should go fucking watch it like right now. Um, there was also a, a cast reading on YouTube recently, but uh, O'Malley had tweeted out, bring back the Scott Pilgrim game, and it was delisted in 2014. Um, but hold on, I'm pulling up Ubisoft then. Uh, so he, he tweeted, bring back the Scott Pilgrim game, hashtag bring back the Scott Pilgrim game, hashtag watch with the Academy. And the official Ubisoft account tweeted back, uh, tweeted a reply with the, the thinking emoji, like, you know, the one where it's like, it's got the, the hand up to the mouth, like, hmm, hinting at like, oh, hey, maybe we should do that. You know, they, they need a lot of goodwill right now. Um, but, and U he didn't even tag Ubisoft in the tweet. Like, they just straight up replied on their own. And, you know, it, it's got a very high review. People love the games. Uh, people love the movie. So it, it's it's possible that the game may finally be coming back to digital storefronts. 
because it was an Xbox Live Arcade game and it was a PSN game, obviously, because it, it just it never fully it didn't release physically. Um, but that's good to hear. I hope it comes back because I, I played the demo. I loved it. I never got it. And then I just always <laughs> forgot about it. But anyway, granted, I didn't have as much uh, of a cash flow back then to just buy games whenever I wanted. So that's part of the reason. Um, if you guys are still playing Dragon Ball Fighter Z's, well, you're in luck as a new DLC character will drop in September. And you get to play as your favorite, you know, creeper old man, Master Roshi. I, don't, I know he's he's a badass, but like, is he a good enough character to add into DBZ fighters? And how will that affect the meta? <laughs> That's a joke. If you guys have been playing Grand Theft Auto games for as long as I have, there is one person you recognize on the radio and as a character probably just as much as I do. And Laszlo, the famous Laszlo, yes. Well, you know, he's a writer and a producer at, at Rockstar, Laszlo Jones. And he is leaving the studio. He's been there for almost 20 years. And I guess uh, his LinkedIn profile is where it was caught by uh, YouTuber GTA Men. And he left in April. And he's working on shows for Disney, for Netflix. He's consulting for a video game company. And, uh, you know, he's worked, like I said, he's worked at Rockstar for almost 20 years. And you've heard him on the radio and stuff in almost every Grand Theft Auto game, 3D Grand Theft Auto game. You know, I, I remember hearing him on the radio in, in GTA 3, in Vice City. I was like, wait a minute, how's he in Vice City? It's the 80s, you know what I mean? It's like, he he, he is a staple of, of the universe, and it just sucks that, that another top-tier writer has left Rockstar. You know, Dan Hauser, one of the co-founders, left this year, and... I don't know what will happen in the future of GTA, and I wonder maybe that's why they keep going on DLC stuff. It's like, do they know how to write real stories anymore is, is kind of a thing. But I I just... It sucks, man. It really does. But hopefully whatever GTA 6 or whatever Red Dead 3, if it ever comes out, or Bully 2 or whatever comes out of Rockstar next... Hopefully it's good. That's all I gotta say. I'm sure they got top tier talent over there still. So I'm I'm not I mean I'm not worried, but at the same time, two of their best writers are leaving. So at the same time it's just kinda like what what are what should we expect? You know what I mean? Anyway, uh one got a couple more big storylines to talk about, but before we get into something big, I wanna talk about something that should bring a smile to everyone's face. And per DFC Intelligence, who is a company that, you know, does reporting and things, and uh, is reporting that as, as of mid-2020, there are now 3.1 billion global video game consumers. That means about 40% of the population, because we're, we're nearing 8 billion people on the planet, and, however, of those 3.1 billion players, only 8% are dedicated console consumers. 
Uh, they are the highest per user spending, obviously. You know, a lot of people play mobile gaming because I don't, that counts as video gaming now. Um, 1.5 billion are video, of global video game consumers are PC consumers. So another, so look at that. 48% of them are, are global or PC. So 8% are console, 48% are PC. But of course, some of those 48% are console as well because they, they overlap and mobile gamers. And Asia leads with 1.42 billion. Europe is second with 668 million. Latin America with 383. And North America somehow is lagging behind with 261 million people. That's crazy, man. You'd think that we'd be a lot higher. But uh, mobile users were the lowest, surprisingly. Actually, no, I'm not surprised. Asia, uh, Asia is like the mobile capital of the world, if you really think about it. And speaking of mobile gaming, you know, that's the next thing I want to talk about. Because there is a large, large fight looming on the horizon of mobile gaming. And it all boils down to Fortnite. So, Fortnite has uh, decided, and Epic Games, and they have decided to lower their prices of their V-Bucks, which is their in-game currency. And they've called Apple and Google out for their quote exorbitant mobile payment fees and uh so per epic they said if you purchased you spent real money in fortnite in the last 30 days the 14th of july to the 13th of august you get a 20 percent on the purchase of total in bonus v bucks um, active players are giving a special shooting star pickaxe and uh, they've lowered the cost by 20 percent on all platforms uh, they have a new direct payment in apple and google and it's called the Fortnite Mega Drop. And uh, this happens across all platforms, like I said. But it was a little different on mobile because obviously it was a little higher because you had to go through the app stores. But now they're offering a direct payment option. And uh, in retaliation for this, so I'm, I'm just not even going to go into the rest. Apple and Google both decided to remove their games. Uh, Apple and Google have both decided to remove Epic and Fortnite from their platforms. So you can no longer play uh, 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 Fortnite on Google Play, which I think it was. it's only been there a couple months, and it's been on iOS for quite a while. And yeah, this is, it's pretty big. It's turning into a big thing. So I don't know if you guys know this, but it's it's a big, big fight. And, and Epic is now suing Google, or Epic is now suing Apple. And it, it's, it's a big, big fight. Google has locked Epic out of their developer accounts and canceled things. This is a shitstorm that is brewing, and it is not going to end well for anyone. I just feel bad for kids whose parents only have Apple devices and now can't play Fortnite. Honestly, I feel bad more for the parents than the kids because now they don't have anything to distract their kids with. But 
uh, that's just shitty. That's just it's a shitty thing all around, and it sucks that this has to happen. And you know, obviously, obviously, Google and, and Apple do it to make sure that they have their own personal walled gardens, and that they make money off the stuff that's being sold on on their platforms. And I get it, I get it, but I also get Epic's stance too. It's like fuck you if you're gonna take all this money. I bring you all this shit and all this like these downloads and users and clicks and shit, which will drive up your m money just in general for people getting other shit. And, and then you're going to like come in and attack me. And, and it's just, it's a whole mess. It's a whole fucking mess is what it is. And overall it's shitty for the industry. Fuck Apple, fuck Google. Granted, Google's not taking the extreme steps that Apple is, and Apple does that a lot sometimes. They have a little bit of knee-jerk reactions sometimes that go a little extreme. Personally, I don't really give a flying fuck because I don't play Fortnite, and not a whole lot of things are using Unreal Engine and Epic Games in general on... Granted, I don't play a lot of mobile games on my phone that require like heavy-duty shit like that. Like I play like point-and-click shit. And like hero arenas and like Pokemon Go. So like I'm not doing I'm not doing too many heavy hitters here on, on my phone in terms of gaming. I just I don't I barely even watch like Netflix on my phone. Like YouTube is the extent of, of my mobile stuff, but we're not here to talk about that. But in in the final bit of gaming news, I, I've been hitting at hinting at it all night here halo 5 uh not halo 5 halo 5 has been out for five years halo infinite has been delayed until 2021 and you know before i was talking about having a tentpole release for your console and making sure you're gonna hit the mark and microsoft has been building halo infinite up as their premier launch title you know it's the first Halo to launch with a console since Combat Evolved in 2001. The first, uh, uh, you know, it's their, their biggest game right now. It's their biggest franchise. Everybody knows Halo, you know. And after the uproar that kind of split the community in two from what they showed off at their showcase at the end of July, I can understand, you know, there was a lot of things that were different. The trailer that came out after the gameplay reveal looked way more polished than the actual gameplay reveal. And a lot of people were complaining about graphics and fidelity and how a lot of things were just loading in and it, it didn't look good. All I ultimately care about is that it plays smoothly. You know, Halo was never really the graphical monster as some other shooters or other franchises. And, and I get that. And what I liked about what Infinite revealed, and I talked about this, is it, it looks like it's going back to the older art style. Um, of, of the original trilogy and Reach versus what 343 started with 4 and 5 and, and how, you know, if, if you're not into Halo as much as I am or some other people, you probably didn't realize that they completely changed the design of the Elites and of the Jackals between the Bungie games and the 343 games. Um, what looks like they're doing at least, and, and 343 has kind of started with this, uh, looks like they're going back that they're really sticking and, and going to go with the old design of the elites because a lot of people hated the new elite design. Um, and 
another thing that it looked like they, they were doing a lot of things just looked smooth right gameplay looks smooth and at the end of the day that's more important than anything you know then they announced that multiplayer would be free and would be hitting 120 frames per second but now unfortunately they have made the ultimate decision to delay the game which is probably going to hurt microsoft in in the launch of their their new console despite what phil spencer says and on how that you know, Game Pass and, and other things will bring people in. You know, they, they say they're going to launch with thousands of games over four generations. That's cool. I get that. But they don't have their first-party heavy hitter to launch with. Granted, PS5 launching with Miles Morales isn't really much of a, like, top-tier console exclusive either. Like, yes, I know Spider-Man sold units through, but, like, if this was Spider-Man 2... 100% would they be fucking knocking it out of the park again this generation. But, again, it all now will come down to price, for sure. And if <clears throat> excuse me, if rumors are to be believed, Microsoft is willing to go low because they can take that hit. The, the, the worst part about this is it, it's just a, a massive hit to them for their launch plans. And unfortunately, we don't have a new date either. They have uh, they put out in a statement uh, per Chris Lee. Today, I want to share an important Halo Infinite development update with the community. We have made the difficult decision to shift our release to 2021 to ensure the team has adequate time to deliver a Halo game experience that meets our vision. The decision to shift our release is the result of multiple factors that have contributed to development challenges, including the ongoing COVID-related impacts affecting us all this year. I want to acknowledge the hard work from our team at 343 Industries, who have remained committed to making a great game and finding solutions to, develop, to development challenges. However, it is not sustainable for the well-being of our team or the overall success of the game to ship, this, it, ship it this holiday. We know this will be disappointing to many of you, and we all share in that sentiment. The passion and support the community has shown over the years has been incredible and inspiring. We wanted nothing more than to play our game with the community this holiday. The extra time will let us finish the critical work necessary to deliver the most ambitious Halo game ever at the quality we know our fans expect. Thank you for your support and understanding. End quote. And, to be honest, 100%. The last thing they need is for 343 to release a broken Halo game after what happened with the Master Chief Collection when it originally launched, for them to be faced with massive criticism in regards to marketing and how the game turned out, like what would happen with Halo 5, okay? The last thing Microsoft and 343 Industries needs is to release a broken Halo game, especially on the launch of a new console. So at the end of the day, I totally applaud them, right? Totally. But at the same time, I'm just super frustrated. I'm, um, like, I'm not upset, but it's just like that. I was, I was so looking forward to this game on top of other games. I'm really looking forward to like cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed Valhalla and things like this. And, and, and Halo, like I said, Halo is like my bread and butter. Like Halo is my number two fandom overall. I love Halo more. Than anything it's like star wars halo right and it, it i applaud them for realizing they want to take a step back and make sure the game is fully polished before release 
But at the same time, I'm just like, nah, fuck that. I want to fucking play Halo. Like, it sucks. It really fucking sucks, dude. And, again, I'd rather have a, a, a not broken Halo game. At the end of the day, I will take a delay over a broken Halo game. Because that, that is the last thing the franchise needs. And it, it just... I, it, it sucks, man. It fucking sucks. And I was just, I was so looking forward to Halo. But this, this is, and, and what's funny is a lot of people have been just going back to a quote from Shigeru Miyamoto, you know, the creator of, of Mario and things like that. And he said, a delayed game is eventually good. A bad game is bad forever. And, and that's definitely something to take into account in all of this it's like just like let's have a good game and at the end of the day that's more important than me wanting to play a game in in november and it just it just sucks man it just fucking sucks and i'm disappointed i'm really disappointed but i'd rather like i said like all i ask for at the end of the day just it plays well multiplayer is sick and and it's it's not broken right that that's it that's all i can ask for that's all anyone can ask for at the end of the day like crunch is is shitty for everybody covid is has impacted a lot of shit i'm sure it's it's not easy working on a game at home it just fuck man just it's just shitty and it's it's really going to affect a lot of things but again at the end of the day it's all going to come down to price and how these consoles are priced 100% that is what it comes down to because you know other Xboxes have sold well without a Halo launching on them right away not all amazing games come out at launch right Xbox One launch not great Xbox 3 uh, PS4 launch mediocre right better than the Xbox One but not by much and like I was reading an article. The PS2 had one of the launch lo worst launch lineups in history, and the PS2 is the greatest console in, in all all of history. So it's like, what defines it, of course, is things that come later, but it's not necessarily the launch lineup that makes or breaks it. Yes, it can have a major, major effect, immensely major effect, but pricing comes down to it too. And what hurt Xbox One in the beginning was it was 100 bucks more, they forced Connect on you, and PS4 sold like gangbusters because of it. And all the mixed messaging that Don Matrick put out when they first announced the Xbox One. It was mixed messaging, 100 bucks more, forced Connect. Boom. Three things that will fuck you. Now, what we got with both this time is clear messaging all around, no forced Connect. But we don't know pricing yet. And Microsoft can afford to take a bigger hit if they want to. But that's it for gaming this week. Shitty to end on a sad note like that. But, you know, it's 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 whatever. Let's talk about what's going on on TV on the boob tube. Are all y'all excited for that new Star Trek show, Strange New Worlds? Talking about Captain Pike on his adventures on the Enterprise before Captain Kirk? Well, I am mildly excited. Uh, Alex Kurtzman, the producer, who is kind of just like the head of all Star Trek right now, has confirmed that they hope to start filming that new show sometime next year. 
Uh, no word yet on middle, late, just sometime in 2021. Granted, they still got to film season two of Picard and things like this. So I, I'm not worried. I just, I mean, I got lower decks to worry about. I can finally catch up on 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 seasons, uh, all three seasons of Discovery pretty soon. So I'm not worried about Star Trek. I just like, yeah, I just, I wish another movie was coming, you know, like we talked about last week. They're pretty much all on the back burner right now, but it's whatever. I'm sure we'll get a Star Trek movie sometime in the future, but this is TV. So I like where Star Trek on TV is heading right now. Anyway, moving on, uh, Sean Ashmore, big fan of Sean Ashmore, you know, Animorphs back in the day, that was my shit, no, I'm kidding, Animorphs fucking suck, uh, Sean Ashmore, you know, Iceman in the X-Men films, has signed on to play Lamplighter in Boys Season 2, he's one of the seven, if I'm not mistaken, um, but he will be joining the boys, I guess he filmed all his stuff in secret, because nobody knew about it till now. But yeah, Sean Ashmore will be in The Boy Season 2 when that drops uh, early next month. Uh, also, how about this? You guys are big fans of Patrick Starr? You know, oh, Spongebob. Oh, that was a terrible, terrible impression. I've, I've done better. Okay, that was, let's just ignore that for a second. Uh, Patrick Starr will be getting his own spinoff show on Nickelodeon or CBS All Access. One of the two. It didn't, it wasn't super clear. Why is Patrick getting a show? First off, we're getting a SpongeBob prequel series. Now we're getting a, a Patrick show. Does this mean that that we're entering the twilight of SpongeBob in general? You know, it's it's Nickelodeon's longest running show. It's over 20 years old. I wonder if this means that SpongeBob may be coming to an end. It 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 it, it if all signs, if I was a betting man, I'd say yes. I just say yes. The, the the signs are are there, essentially. It it's it's almost undeniable at this point with with everything that's happening. But we'll see what happens with the Patrick Star show. Anyway, Peacock, which I still have yet to interface with, has announced more of its original programming, uh, in the form of a MacGruber show with Will Forte reprising the role he made famous on Saturday Night Live, and of course, got his own film. Um, you know, making fun of MacGyver, essentially. But I, I like to see Peacock taking risks on a show like this because I don't really understand how a MacGruber, a, a MacGruber film was even made. If you ask me, uh, one of the weaker things from Saturday Night Live, and I love Will Forte, I just... MacGruber, MacGruber, why do I keep saying MacGruber? It's MacGruber with a B. But it just, it never hooked me. I guess I, you know, I'm happy that sh that these streaming services are taking chances though on on their on the access to the back catalogs they have. But MacGruber, like really, of all things, of all things, you could do. But uh, in other news, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Bel Air, Fresh Prince of Bel Air will be getting a new reboot. However, it will not be a comedy. It will be more somber and serious in tone. Uh, it will be more of a drama. And what's what's really cool is, I don't know if you guys saw this last year, um, but this guy, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Hold on, let me get that for you guys. Because um, I do want to talk about that. Um, 
he made this concept of, called Bel Air, and it was like a more serious, like dark take on on Fresh Prince, uh, more of a drama. And he put it up on YouTube as like a proof of concept. And the studio and people and Will Smith liked it so much. Will Smith, you know, interviewed him about it last year. Um, it, it, he's going to be the one becoming. Um, He's the one producing the show. I mean, he's the the the, the showrunner, I, I should say. Um, and I, it, it that's really cool though. That uh, Morgan Cooper, that's that's his name. I would definitely check out Bel Air on on YouTube if you can, because it's actually really good. But uh, Will Smith is producing. The original showrunners are producing, and it it's just it's gonna be awesome if you ask me. I'm really stoked on it. That video that they he did on YouTube was like amazing. If you go back and watch it, and while I would prefer it to be a comedy, obviously drama makes 100% sense too because that was a serious show that dealt with serious issues, but was still funny. And the fact that someone can go and make a fan film on YouTube and then get a call. To say, hey, do you want to do this for real? Like, it just shows that sometimes the American dream is still achievable, right? And even in 2020. But I'm actually really excited for this. Like I said, if you watch, if you watch his video on YouTube, Morgan Cooper, it's it's legit, and and it fits, it fits how you would tell that story in a modern sense. Like, it wouldn't be a comedy, right? It would be serious. It would be more somber. It would it would it would be a drama like you can still have fun and funny stuff it just it wouldn't be as comedic or sitcommy by today's standards which is fine it's perfectly fine uh, and and if will smith gives the blessing then then i'm all in all in on that um, speaking of reboots and remakes I'm sure all of you are pretty much aware of the Netflix live-action adaptation of, of Avatar The Last Airbender. And of all the anime adaptations, and yes, anime is loosely used with Avatars, it was Western produced. Um, everyone's aware that the original show's creators were involved, which gave a lot more credence to it and a lot more hope for people that it would be very good. Well, unfortunately, they are no longer involved due to creative differences. Uh, they originally signed on because Netflix was going to allow them to do it right and do what they felt was necessary and would kind of be hands-off. Apparently they're leaving because Netflix was not being hands-off and was trying to sway it. And rumors are floating that Netflix wanted to go like Game of Thrones level on, on Avatar. And a lot of people I saw were for it, a lot of people were against it. And it's just like, that show, from what I've seen of it, I... I do need to take the opportunity and watch it on Netflix now that it's there, and Legend of Korra is there as well, so I can get it all in. I feel like that is a show that would benefit from large-scale budget and being, like, super serious and surreal. Like, that is definitely a show that would benefit from that. Granted, you don't want it to turn out like the Shyamalan movie that people ultimately just despise and <laughs> kind of ran M. Night Shyamalan out of the movie industry for a while but it's 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 definitely an interesting take 
I get trying to stay true to the source material and bringing the original creators on is is part of that. But at the same time, I totally understand like the idea to make it bigger and better and bustier, <laughs> you know. But it interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens, how it turns out, and how the fans react for sure. Last week, uh, I think two weeks ago, we reported how G four was in uh, was coming back. Well, more news. It turns out Olivia Munn is in talks to return to the network uh, when it relaunches uh, sometime next year. Olivia Munn was famous. Granted, she got her start on G4, uh, being the co-host of Attack of the Show. Uh, no word yet on Adam, if Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb, Blair Herter, or anyone else like that will be returning to the network in, in any shape or form or capacity. Uh, it'd be nice to have some of them back. I don't know what a lot of them do now that the network's gone i'm sure they're around i just personally don't don't follow their 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 work lives or anything like that olivia munn though has stayed in in geek culture to to some degree you know in x-men films she contributes uh, to a lot of other shows and, and movies and things like this that she was on uh, she played an amazing role on on hbo's the newsroom uh, the aaron sorkin show that show was great and she, of course, had her turn as Psylocke in X-Men Apocalypse. But, uh, yeah, Apocalypse, because Dark Phoenix was the newest one. But, no, it, it'd be nice to see her go back to the role and, and, granted, bring some now bigger star power to the channel. And I wonder who else they might try to bring back. I wonder what kind of programming they're going to bring back. You know, Jessica Chobot was there. And, uh, of course, if Olivia Munn goes back, I hope they bring back Attack of the Show. If they get Morgan Webb or Adam Sessler or someone, I hope they bring X-Play back in some way, shape, or form as well. It would be nice to get uh, live video game reviews again, too. So it's it's definitely something I would love to see G4 make a comeback. Like I said, it is the perfect time for it to come back with streaming being ever popular, with esports being more popular than they ever have been. G4 was just ahead of its time. And I uh, and with just nerd culture and shit in general just being a lot higher than it normally is, I think G four making a comeback is is definitely the smart move to go right now because if you think about it, like the biggest nerd outlets, you know, IGN, Kotaku, uh, Nerdist, and other sites like Collider, and and it, it, almost all of it's like on YouTube, right? A lot of that content is on YouTube. A lot of that content is is just online in general. How nice would it be though to have it on your TV as well? You know, have another voice. And and magazines are dying out. You know, you're probably going to lose official Xbox magazine eventually. Game Informer is already on its way out. And you know, PSN uh, official PlayStation magazine and and stuff like that. Their their print media is dying, right? But granted. I don't want like an all digital channel, but on streaming services and stuff or something where it's more than just YouTube would be a great place. And I think coming back to TVs would be awesome for G4. And I, I can't wait. You know, Olivia Munn being the, the big win would be a big get in, in Hollywood speak for them right now. Also announced is a new Star Wars holiday special coming to Disney Plus this year. Don't get your hopes up. It won't be canon. It will be a Lego Star Wars holiday special. Uh, we'll have Rey 
traveling back in time in some capacity to different to like a scene from every movie in the franchise and oh god it just sounds terrible i don't like lego star wars programming lego star wars sets lego star wars video games all top tier lego star wars movies and tv shows eh, subpar a little too too like too childish if you ask me granted most lego programming is except like the lego movie and stuff but standard lego programming is just in not not of high high quality so i'm not excited for this even though it's star wars and it's a holiday special but anyway and no surprise here dc universe original programming will all be moving to hbo max in the near future and uh, we'll we'll talk about why in a second but what 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 even is dc universe at this point like yes it's comics yes it's original programming but if all that original programming is moving to hbo max like are they just going to rebrand dc universe as some kind of comics thing where you can get access to all their old comics i mean they're gonna have to bring the price down because you're losing out on the original programming i mean not not by much because again it's it's a large catalog of new and old comics but definitely something to consider but I just hope they bring 4K over to, to HBO Max then because they they have it on DC Universe and it would suck if they don't do it on their premier streaming service. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, final bit of TV stuff here. I just wanted to talk about uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ended this, pa- ended this past week on ABC and uh, it was pretty much one of the few remaining MCU adjacent tv shows uh, meaning it started in the mcu and veered off wildly from there uh, mainly because of the issues with ike perlmutter at at uh, marvel tv and um, him and and uh, feige not getting along over at marvel studios but uh the final season i have to say was was really good it wrapped up the show in an amazing way i liked the time travel shtick that they did all season you know each episode was kind of like a different style of TV genre that fit a different that fit the era they were in, and each episode had a different intro that fit that style as well. Like they did in a noir episode, a '70s like action cop show, um, like a '80s sitcom. It was it was all perfect, and I, I liked how they ended it. Granted, I've been watching this show since the beginning, almost pity watching it to a point where it's just like. I was just watching it to see how it ended because it, it like it just dipped in quality so much the last couple of seasons and they went off on these weird tangents because they couldn't like tie in with the with the movies anymore. But they like stepped it up big time for the final season. I like how they brought Coulson back again as an LMD. Um, I like how I, it sucked that Fitz wasn't in the whole season until like the final couple episodes, but it was nice to see how everything wrapped up. I do like that they're in some new alternate timeline where the Triskelion still exists in, in DC. I know I'm throwing a lot of terms that a lot of you probably don't understand, but if you're big MCU nerds, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it opens up a lot of questions on how this ties in. Is this an adjacent universe to the main universe for the MCU? What does this mean going forward? 
Will it tie into the Multiverse of Madness, the next uh, uh, Doctor Strange film? Helicarriers are back, apparently. But overall, the final season, season seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., was probably its best next to the first season. And and that's saying a lot. Um, and then possibly the third season, I think it was, when they did the Hydra stuff, when it tied in with Winter Soldier. But overall, one of the best seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., probably the best, really, if you really sit down and think about it. It just wrapped everything up in a perfect way, considering they didn't know if they were going to get to do these last two seasons, uh, six and seven. And, and seven was just was just perfect, if you ask me. And, and it was a perfect send-off for the show. But, but that's it for TV. Um, not a whole lot going on. And let's uh, talk about movies here. Not a lot going on in movie world right now either. Uh, but some things to look up for. Um, Jake Johnson, who you guys might know as playing Nick on New Girl, uh, who's also in the first Jurassic World movie, uh, was in talks to return to Jurassic World Dominion. And unfortunately, due to filming delays and COVID and just scheduling conflicts and things like this, his character unfortunately may not return in Jurassic World Dominion, even though it was originally planned. Really sucks because even though he wasn't a major character in the first Jurassic World movie, he did play this interesting character that like loved the old parks and knew about it just because of the way that whole franchise works. But like, of course, loved working at Jurassic World as well and played somewhat of an integral role in, in how that movie played out. But... Uh, Lowry, his name was Lowry, and it would have been interesting to see him in this movie, especially if he got to interact with like the OG cast, like Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and and um, uh, Jeff Goldblum. But it sucks. Like that character interacting with them would be like leaps and bounds, like amazing if you think about it. And it just sucks that he might not get to be in the movie or interact at all. And granted, reshoots could happen. In, in, in the coming months. But that that's definitely a character that we are going to miss out on. And it's unfortunate. I would have loved to see him interact with the, like I said, the original cast. And how he would ask questions about like the original park. And of course the San Diego incident and, and things like that. So uh, we're not going to get that though. We're going get, to get robbed of an awesome opportunity. Uh, Disney has confirmed that the New Mutants will still release in theaters on August 28th, at least in theaters that are still open. I don't know when they're going to be reopening in California, though. Um, with that being said, uh, I would love to go see movies again. Uh, with that being said, AMC has announced that they will be opening theaters on August 20th. So tomorrow, yes, I'm rec <laughs> recording the day of, like I said, it's been fucking hot. I'm trying to delay as much as I can, waiting for it to cool down. Tomorrow, AMC is set to reopen uh, at least 100-plus theaters across the country um, and to uh, honor their 100th anniversary. They will be going back to 1920s pricing. So on opening day only, they're going to be offering 15-cent ticket pricing for new movies to see. I don't know what new movies are out. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that new Russell Crowe movie... I'm sure they're going to show they're going to show some old movies too. They announced uh, next week. New Mutants is expected to drop. Tenant is expected next month, and 
Bill and Ted next month, and of course, you know, movies later in the fall. I just I'm I'm seeing mixed reports on if it's okay to go to a movie theater or not. I mean, granted, if they let less people in and not overcrowd them, and you wear a mask and shit, and I mean, it's the same danger as going in into like a, a restaurant, right? Like, it it's just yeah. All I know is that when I get the okay to be in a movie theater, I'm going, right? Like, that is one of the things I've missed the most. I've talked about this before. Like, movie theater is the one of the things I've missed the most. And as soon as I get the okay, my butt is in a seat eating popcorn, socially distancing, watching a fucking movie, right? That is that is my goal. Um, the last blockbuster in America is uh, now being turned into a Airbnb. So it's essentially uh, no longer a blockbuster. So the, la the last blockbuster is officially closed. Uh, Airbnb will be renting it out for overnight stays. And uh, they announced, quote, because the last blockbuster in the world will be offering movie lovers in Bend, Oregon, so you have to be in the Bend area, a 90s-themed sleepover for a limited time only on Airbnb, who's down? So they converted the store uh, to have like a bed inside and like a projector screen. Oh, not even a projector screen. It's VHS. It's like a super 90s room with a couch and a bed and like seating, like a living room set up in this blockbuster where you get to put movies into a VCR and uh, watch movies overnight. Uh, quote, as the last standing location in the world, our Blockbuster store is an ode to movie magic. Simpler times with a sense of community that could once be found in Blockbuster locations around the world. Over the past few months, we've been missing the regular visits from friends, neighbors, and tourists from around the world. So we're opening our store to three quarantine pods of Deschutes County guests for a socially distanced movie night, just like those of decades past. And uh, you have to be a resident of Deschutes County uh, started on the 17th, so about two days ago, and uh, one night only in se on September 18th, 19th, or 20th. Uh, it's for up to four people. It will only cost four bucks, an Airbnb rental that costs four bucks. Uh, you'll have access to the entire store. It will be cleaned prior to arrival in accordance with Airbnb's enhanced cleaning protocol. And, uh, quote, arrival in accordance to Airbnb's enhanced cleaning protocol, which is informed by recommendations from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, you'll get face masks, disinfectant wipes, and hand sanitizer as well. And you get access to video games, Pepsi, Raisinets, popcorn, and movies. And uh, you can get to see it during regular store hours for a limited time. Uh, quote, our Blockbuster store is open because of the incredible local community in Bend, and we've been grateful to have the support of those beyond our town as the coronavirus pandemic has impacted our business. To celebrate and pay it forward in this tradition of support, Airbnb will make a donation to the Humane Society of Central Oregon, a longtime partner of ours. Uh, no word yet on if they will open that up to the general public in the future. Probably not. Probably not, just because. But... That's a pretty awesome deal to do uh, for Airbnb and the last blockbuster. But uh, final bit of movie news, which a little bittersweet for me. I love the Tron series, right? If you've never seen either Tron movies, I, I would advise you to watch them now. They're both on Disney+. Plus. Tron Legacy in 4K is chef's kiss, right? But it, it, it's... 
the first one holds up surprisingly well. And it, it fits that whole 80s video game nostalgia trip that a lot of people go after. Uh, the second one was a great continuation of that story. Uh, Tron 3 is officially happening, and I am stoked on life. Uh, it's going to be directed by Garth Gareth Davis, who apparently like lobbied hard for the role. I like when directors do that because it means they care about the project, they love it, and they want to make sure it works. However, Jared Leto is going to be in it. And that can be either really good or can be really bad. Because he has a history of being amazing or being really shitty. And I, I hope it's not a reboot, like a soft reboot or anything. I, I would prefer a soft reboot, actually. Because that way they can tie into Flynn and that. I'd hope it's not a complete and total reboot where they just ditch everything that came before. You know, I'd like to see Gareth Edward, uh, Gareth Headland come back. I'd like to see Olivia Munn come back. I'd like to see Bruce Boxlitner come back as Tron. Um, if this is like a prequel or something, okay. I just, I hope they don't ditch the old Jeff Bridges stuff. You know, Flynn. Flynn lives, man. Flynn lives. I just, it would be really shitty to lose all that backstory. That's all I'm saying. I just hope Tron 3 is good. That's all I care about. And well, I, I went to go see Tron 2, like, on IMAX. Or Tron Legacy, I should say. I went to go see that in IMAX. It was, like, the first time I really went to see a movie in, in IMAX that was, like, a movie movie. And, oh, my God, it was just so gorgeous. It was a gorgeous movie to watch on, on IMAX back then. And it's still a gorgeous movie to watch now if you can watch it in 4K. God, that movie was ahead of its time. And it was like the first time Disney used its like de-aging tech and it, it used it on Jeff Bridges. And, it, and yes, it's it's Uncanny Valley now and it's like super noticeable. But back then it was like, whoa, that's fucking cool, man. It's fucking cool. And you could tell they were going to do big things with it. Obviously, they have since then. But again, I, I would definitely watch the two Tron movies if you never have. They're really good. If you have Disney Plus, they're both on there. Um. That's it for movie news. Uh, just two more things to talk about. Uh, New York Comic Con has announced that they will move everything online and will have YouTube panels. Uh, don't forget DC Fandom is this Saturday uh, for all DC stuff. Um, and speaking of DC, and this kind of ties in with the announcement on their shows moving over to HBO Max, but uh, AT&T has essentially gutted DC Comics to some degree. Um, mainly due to COVID and other things, but uh, it heavily impacted during a recent restructuring at Warner Media. AT and T has just fucked Warner, Warner Brothers in six ways to Sunday. And uh, per the Hollywood Reporter, roughly one third of DC's editorial ranks have lost their positions, which is asinine. Um, quote: Roughly one third of DC's editorial ranks. Uh, including Editor-in-Chief Bob Harris, who's been with the company a long time. Uh, Company-wide layoffs include Senior VP of Publishing and Strategy Support Services Hank Can Canals, VP of Marketing and Creative Services Jonah Weiland, VP Global Publishing Initiatives and Digital Strategy Bobby Chase, Senior Story Editor Brian Cunningham, Executive Editor Mark Doyle, who was in charge of Black Label, which Black Label's been a massive hit for them. I enjoy almost every Black Label comic that's come out. Uh, Jim Lee, thank God, is, is still Chief Creative Officer. Um, and uh, apparently DC Universe 
has been the uh, hit the hardest, and the majority of DC Universe staff have been laid off. It was quote widely expected as Warner Media shifts its new fo- its focus to new streaming service HBO Max with Jim Lee coming out and saying HBO Max is the premier streaming service. Blah, blah, blah. You know, corporate garbly gook. And um, it's really weird that this happens just about a couple weeks before the fandom was coming this Saturday. But DC Comics just gutted. Gutted. I don't understand. You own this premier comics property. DC Comics comics have been outselling Marvel comics year over year the last almost a decade now. So it's like what what like yes the movies do better for Marvel but the comics sell better for DC. So it's like what you you got something that's doing well for you. The movies are bringing in a, a decent amount of money. They're not bringing in Marvel money, but Marvel money is like like this weird unattainable tier that no one hit before. Whereas your DC movies are still bringing in a profit. You're still making more money than most movies do. But, you know, I get it. And granted, AT&T has done a lot of weird fucking things with, with Warner just in general since they, they merged or bought it or whatever the fuck happened. But it, 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 it's, it's, it's a weird, sh- shitty situation. Um, and obviously, since Jeff Jones left the comic side, things have been really weird as well. But it just overall, hopefully they can rebound from it. And uh, hopefully DC Fandom isn't affected too much. But... Other than that, uh, thanks guys for listening. It is Wednesday, August 19th. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you guys can listen to the show right in your browser. Uh, Or if if you want to listen to us on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast pages. Uh, Also, while you're there, check out our social tab so you can see feeds from our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where we post a lot of funny memes uh, almost none of which are my own, but I try to give credit when I can. I don't want to steal any memes from anyone. But uh, otherwise, follow us, Nixner News, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook individually if you like, if you only prefer one over the other. Uh, also, while you're there, leave a comment, like, subscribe, do whatever you want. I appreciate all you guys for listening week in, week out. Uh, like I said, I want to be your constant as we get closer and closer to the end of 2020, whatever this nightmare really is. (laughs) Uh, But with that being said, again, thank you guys for listening. I will catch you guys on the flip side. Same bat time, same bat channel next week.